0: Is not doing
1: a bit, doing a bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You is that it. the bit? Is the, the, is, is the is the if a tree if a tree does a bit in the forest, does anyone hear it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> gonna i'm gonna put on my podcaster voice and be like hello i'm gonna put my white person voice on there we go
2: (laughs) white person voice.
1: just for for a second day hello and welcome to welcome to my dungeon uh session zero where we'll be uh introducing ourselves as a group and talking about what this podcast is about but first let's get names out of the way i'm gabe uh my pronouns are he him uh, and I will be one of your hosts
2: You can go next, Cat. <laughs>
0: okay uh, I'm Kat, uh, my pronouns are she, her And I am a co-host
2: mm-hmm. My name is Sean Pronouns he, him Nice to meet you
1: Alright, now that we got that out of the way Who here <laughs> loves to fuck monsters? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, depends. <laughs> it depends <laughs> It depends oh, on the monster That's fair See, for me, it's all about the hips. Like, if there's if there are hips, then uh, then we're you good. know they
1: can bear children, which is even sexier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: Alright,
1: So, welcome to my dungeon. Is a uh, I was about to say cooperative. Um, it's an improv D anD D podcast. We will not be live playing D anD D in this show. Uh there's a million other podcasts that do that. We're doing something a little different. Uh we're three friends who are also all GMs of some capacity. Uh and we had the bright idea to get together and uh make one-shot modules for you guys to use uh every week, and we'll sort of improv them as we go along.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> got it right right in one yeah um
1: uh i think the sort of uh the general uh it's not schedule what's the word i'm looking for not outline structure. structure thank you sean the 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 general structure of this podcast will be uh we will well once we get past the intro and uh we'll sometimes if people send in questions or comments uh we can have a mailbag or we can talk about things you know as GMs, as players, uh, people who play any sort of tabletop games, because we don't just play d and even though this podcast will sort of be focused on that, because d and is the most popular thing out there right now. Uh, for good reason, honestly. But um, after we do that, we will each bring something to the table, something, some sort of concept that we like, be it a monster, or like a trope, or a setting, or a character, anything like that. Uh, so we'll all bring something, um, whoever's uh, at, on the show that day. Uh, and then we will randomize a theme and a plot hook to make a module around. Uh, so we use uh, Donjon, which is a really great website uh, that has lots of good resources uh, for anybody doing any sort of fantasy game. Uh, but this, it's it's got a random adventure generator that randomly generates a theme and a story hook for you. Uh, so a, sto- a story hook being something like, uh, this is one I rolled up earlier that we're not going to use right now, but this is a good example. Dying delivery. So uh, on some occasion, uh, you and your party uh, is wandering the streets or all alone. And a dying man or a woman, a dying person kind of bumps into them, hands them something, uh, gives them like a parting, parting instructions, and then they die. Um so that's that would be a hook that we would you we would incorporate into whatever we're making. And then the theme, something like horror, mystery, adventure,, uh, b- basically any sort of theme that sort of co- yeah. co- connects the the whole module mm-hmm. together. Um, that's that's the the basic structure of the show. Um, we'll we'll be having uh, a sort of rotating cast. Uh, Just to make it easier on us because we've all got uh, jobs and school and other things that we, uh, other, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, not priorities, prior engagements that uh, we have. So uh, once a month at least probably we'll have all three of us on, but the other weeks it'll be me and Kat or me and Sean or Sean and Kat. And sometimes we'll also have guests on, uh, other players, other GMs. Uh, Basically, just people we know that we think could uh, add something to to the show, basically. Mm. Uh, So, yeah. Um, I think now that that's kind of gone over and I can't think of anything else. And I don't... Can you guys think of anything else to sort of mention?
0: Uh, Probably when it comes up.
1: Okay.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh,
1: That's what Session Zeros are for. Uh, Yeah.
2: Can probably get into our personal intros now.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a good idea. Uh, who wants to go first? Alright, I'm All rolling right. I'm rolling a die. No, I'm rolling a die. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're doing this. I like this. that. I like that. We're doing this. We're uh, oh, Alright, uh I'm one and two. I'm,
2: I'm I'm three.
1: So you're three and four, and cat you're no five just, six. just three. No, five you're six. three and four, sorry.
2: Just
0: three. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be five, six.
1: Okay, I'm rolling. I'm rolling. I'm... So, three. So, we got a three, you're right. Sean. You're, you're up first.
2: Perfect. Um, as I said, my name is Sean. Let's let's go through the uh, the list, the the questions. Um, like, to tell you, like, like give you my history on um, experience with tabletop RPGs. Um, my first ever game, my first ever system was actually Star Wars Saga. Um, not to be confused with the current Star Wars system. Or the one before that, the one before that one. That was
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just like the movies, very confusing.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I believe it's loosely based on Fourth Edition, um, but uh, but it was a re- it's a really good system, and I had that system actually influence a lot of things. I actually got into tabletops specifically because I wanted experience. To then make a campaign for uh tight moon uh slash a uh, fate um which I've actually accomplished um already but um but that's that's that was my main motivator but hey I got into it played star wars um then I got into D&D itself um and then uh then unbound um thanks to Gabe Oh, I love unbound to, uh, back into D and D, and then Pathfinder. Fell in love with Pathfinder for quite a while, um, and then um, and then after that, I've just been making my own system, or I should say systems, um, including that one that that's for uh, Fate Campaign, and uh, and yeah, um, the first Star Wars game. The, tell you about it. Um, wow, it was a long time ago. It's like about five, maybe six years ago um i was a i played a Jedi because why wouldn't you um but hey, people do play non jedis um played a jedi, and the campaign was interesting um it was with players who i would say are they're really textbook um which was interesting because that's a complete opposite of me um a lot of my view is. Uh, scan the textbook for ideas and then throw it in the garbage. Um, <laughs> come up with your own ideas after that. Um, but it was really interesting, and I think, and I wouldn't change anything because with those players, uh, and they were like, they were really competitive players. Um, the complete opposite of how I am. Like the players were basically uh, trying to one up each other all the time, and uh, it was like a fight with the GM and I was, like, trying to go into that groove, but it just didn't fit me. Um, it was really interesting. But uh, I was a Jedi. Um, I wanted uh, my player slowly becoming a Sith because I, I always do that. Because um, you're an edgelord. Um, no, not because you an edgelord. <laughs> because... It's so much better. No, you're right. Because I'm an edge lord. Yes, my character was named Hot Topic. No, (laughs)
1: Um, he had one of those dragon rings on his middle finger. Sure. The dragon
2: claws. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but no, like uh, slowly becoming a Sith, and like the GM was running it really well, but at the same time, like I mentioned, the players were other players were like constantly trying to one up. Um, it just was not a good environment. Um. I end up playing, like, two other campaigns with that that group. Um, same thing. Um, after a while, I kind of just fell off with them. But, uh, oh, yeah, and I forgot. I've played the last campaign I was with, actually, a, the ancient Star Wars D6 system, um, which was actually pretty cool. I got some neat ideas from that. But anyway, but, yeah. Um, so, games I'm currently running, um, I'm running... F- three uh one is um one is the fate campaign uh uh for those who aren't to specify more that's like fate stay night fate zero um fate extra (laughs) mine is a um we call it fate turn echo um and uh and yeah that's my little campaign it's uh one of my favorites because it's something i was burning passionate to to create six years ago um that said it's inherently flawed and it still needs a lot of work (laughs) but anyway um the other is uh um a solo campaign with a friend of mine and it's actually lots of fun um gms i would encourage you to try and play a solo campaign with one of your friends someday because it's actually super fun you get to focus everything around that player around that player's character um it's great uh and that's in uh that's actually my own my fully homebrew my home my own homebrew system, um, which uh, took a long while to make, but it was a lot of fun. My I have my own classes and everything. Um, we can talk on that some other time. And the third one will is a uh it's a house ruled and homebrewed uh D anD D five e of the Legend of Zelda. Um, it's been quite a time I've quite some time I've wanted to play that. Um it's gonna be starting uh, this coming week or by the time this goes up, maybe it'll already have started. Um I'm pretty excited to start that one. So but yeah, those are what I'm playing. That's what I'm running.
1: Uh, oh yeah, I, and
2: I forgot. Oh, go ahead, Gabe. No, you go ahead. I forgot. I am playing in a D five E game. Um it's actually a curse of Strahd. Um Ooh. it's the GM is running that really good. I love it um love my character in that too um that's a lot of fun so yeah i'm running three games and i'm playing in one
1: i'm i'm actually playing in one of the games sean's running the zelda one i'm mm-hmm. very excited for it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited for when we start mm-hmm. uh, i'm also playing in one of cat's games that she's running yes cat so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself
0: yeah Alrighty. uh my name's cat um my first exposure to tabletop games was about eight or nine years ago, um, where I played with Gabe in a homestuck homebrew game <laughs> yeah. I And uh, I liked I liked this game a lot because we all had to play uh, supernatural characters, like ghosts and and uh, spirits and I, I played a succubus. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, Gabe was an angel. <laughs> yeah so Gabriel, <laughs> wow so weird, <laughs> weird <how that laughs> was. but yeah it was um it was a fun experience we did a couple mm. sessions of that um there was a a few starts and and stuff with other games but um overall my more of my experience lies in the the role play aspect. um I do a lot of role play over twitter um had done some role play over tumblr uh and that sort of has dictated my style with with more formal uh tabletop settings um, so I prefer a more role play centric uh games um Currently, I am running a homebrew um, using the Powered by the Apocalypse system. Um, it's set in the Portal uh, Half-Life universe inside Aperture Science. Um, and Cave uh, is is one of my players in I that. I am
1: playing in that one too, yeah.
0: And that's been a lot of fun. I uh, adapted the mechanics from Powered by the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um and made uh, not an entirely new system, but there, there are certain aspects of it that I uh, created uh, to fit the setting. And uh, it, it takes place in a alternate universe where GLaDOS didn't kill everybody in the facility, mm-hmm. and it's still functioning with, with uh, uh, departments, and it, it's been a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other game that uh, we're gearing up to play, um, I'm going to be playing in someone's 5e campaign uh, where I play a tabaxi cleric who keeps changing religions. That's such a neat idea for a cat. <laughs> like, that's very cat-like,
1: and I love it.
0: Yeah, it's the... Um, the, uh, the whole thing with the tabaxi is that they're very flighty with their interests, is that they will drop something as soon as they see a new shiny thing <laughs> i really like the idea of this cleric who as soon as they roll up to a new town <laughs> with a new temple she's just marching out to the temple <laughs> to find out what the new religion is sees, sees a statue of a god that's my god now that's that's <laughs> my god i like that one or it's the um <laughs> the other inspiration for it was um that scene from the Brennan Fraser mummy movie. Oh yeah. (laughs) Where the, the um, sort of ratty uh, sleazy. Okay. um, That guy. Yeah. Um, He's being, he's being uh, stared down by Imhotep Mm. and he pulls out a necklace filled (laughs) with different religious religious symbols. symbols. It's so
2: good. Oh, Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned it. Yeah.
0: So I, I'm like, I I asked my DM, I said, so can my character have something like that on her (laughs) with just different religious symbols um, that she, whatever uh, uh, town they roll up in, it's like, oh, they worship that god? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Me too.
1: (laughs) Let me pull out my carabiner.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I I just really liked that idea and uh, um, I'm glad that my DM is uh into the idea as well. Cause at first he's like, uh you sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's maybe I could work with that. Let's work on it. Yeah. Let's let's work on it. Um <laughs> uh and I'm just um really happy I'm uh learning more because about... the the um uh aperture science campaign that I'm running is my first time GMing, and I'm learning a lot, and uh, I really appreciate the patience my players have had with me, and um, I hope in the future I'll be able to run different different games in different systems.
1: Nice. You've been doing a great job, by the way. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. It really has. Uh,
0: it you know, it's overwhelming sometimes, but um, looking back at, at the sessions, I think everybody's having a good time. So that's that's important. That's important to me. I want I want people to feel like they are a part of the story and are affecting the story. And I'm not just dictating it to them.
1: Right. Uh, so what's your favorite character you've ever played, Kat? Please, you have to tell
0: us. Uh, okay. So um i this character started out um as a a twitter rp account um and it is the head of the aperture science genetics department and i uh translated him into my game and he is i i just love this idea of a morally gray science jerk Mm-hmm. He's he's looking out for himself, um, but he's he's not above kissing a little ass uh, to get what he wants, um, and it just kind of evil, but not outly so. Mm. You know, he's he's not above making genetic abominations, but at the same time, not um, he's not gonna take over the world Yeah, he's
1: not planning on taking he just wants to see if it can be done
0: yeah Mm -hmm. he he uh splices what he must because he can Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) testing the boundaries and limits of science
0: yeah um and it's been a lot of fun to to play this sort of character that's kind of um unpredictable in a way uh and not because I, I feel like in the past I've done a lot of goody two shoes, um, meek sort of it, characters. It's, so it's an easy thing to
1: default to for sure.
0: Exactly, and so to be able to play a character that um, it's like you know what, yeah, he is going to make an abomination, and you know what, it might escape. <sighs> He's got a a good a nice place in my heart, I'm near and dear.
1: He's very fun to play with.
0: Yeah, I, I've had a lot of fun unleashing him on uh, my players. Because uh, it, it could have very easily gone wrong uh, with the sort of relationship. he They, they could have uh, either rolled really bad and trying to manipulate him and where he, they piss him off. Um, but the fact that some of the players are kind of like going along with his schemes, in a way, um, have built this rapport with him. So it's been, it's been fun.
1: What was I going to say? I don't want to cut you off, Cat, but uh, no. I forgot to ask this to Sean. What's what's your favorite character that you've played?
2: Mm, um, if it's coming from the from as a GM for all the NPCs I've made. Um, then that will, I'll have that go to, uh, to base, um, spelled as BSS. Um, base is the leader of a gang or sometimes a mercenary group, um, called the big band boys, uh, with a Z at the end. Um, and yeah, very important. Um, the big band boys are, uh, they're 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 a fun gang. Um they'll they'll do a little bullshit and hijinks and shenanigans here and there, but ultimately um they ha- uh base has a good heart, which is contrast to uh his younger brother, Treble, um, who causes a lot of trouble. Um Bass is very protective over him and so if uh Treble goes to whine to base, Bass is definitely gonna defend him. But uh, base is a really huge guy. Um, I created him for my very first game that I GM'd, which was Unbound. Um, he's a huge guy. Um, he has like abilities to uh, he can like bust through walls and ceilings and stuff, um, um, and like he can bear hug uh, and so forth. Really typical big brute character, if you will, um, juggernaut, if you yeah. Right. But he also wields. Um, he also wields the bass cannon <laughs> which is uh it's a usually magical um magical uh, like a two-handed uh cannon which uh can shoot either lightning or thunder um and he just calls it the bass cannon because why wouldn't he <laughs> um and of uh the whole big band boys all of them their names are after uh either musical instruments or genres um, there's rock and roll um rhythm and blues uh reggae and soul and then you have like violin and cello like there's all all of them are just uh, named after musical stuff hence big band boys um but yeah and like uh bass is a lot of fun um since ever since unbound i have put him and the big band boys in every campaign that i've ever run um players who have been in the majority of my campaign they, uh, I've, I've, I've only gotten positive feedback about them, which is great, but, uh, and it, there's always a running joke with Basin, um, the big band boys, so they're definitely my favorite.
1: I, I love them, having played in sessions with two of them, and probably they're going to be in, in the Zelda one, too. <laughs> They're one of my favorite recurring characters ever. I ended up marrying base in the first game we played. Uh, My character did, and it was definitely... I always look forward to seeing them whenever I play Sean's games.
2: Yep, they're fun, they're fun.
1: Alright, I I will... um... Um, I guess I'll just interview you guys so, so we don't skip over these questions. We'll go back to chat yeah. for this next one. What are some of your inspirations as a player slash GM? Uh,
0: so I take a lot of cues from uh, the GMs, DMs uh, that I listen to on some other actual play podcasts, uh, Critical Role, Adventure Zone, Glass Cannon, um, to name a few. Uh, They really have their their style um, or either looking up tips, especially with with Critical Role, there are some great GM tips that are out there, uh, have helped me uh, pursue GMing my own game. So uh, my hat's off to them for... uh, letting me have the uh, giving me the courage to to pursue this um other than that um with role-playing on twitter and tumblr it's like fellow gms dms making sure that each other has a a good time
1: i think that's a Uh, really good way to put it especially like because there's good and bad role play like most good role play is something akin to that where it's everybody's trying to make sure everybody's enjoying themselves
0: Exactly, and while it's not specifically a formal setting, formal tabletop setting with mechanics, um, it has helped me settle into uh, playing a, playing a game and and GMing, especially when I have to uh, role play out different NPCs for my players. Um, it helps me get into that mindset of. Of having the, all those different characters sort of floating around in my head. <laughs> uh, I, As someone
1: who has also uh, roleplayed a lot, uh, I can definitely agree to that. There's a definitely um, juggling all these different characters that you play. You get a lot of experience doing that. Especially if you just don't stick to one person when you roleplay. You have multiple. You, you, right. you, you get really good at juggling how
0: each character would act in a situation exactly um so having uh done that with different kinds of characters um it has helped me be able to do like an evil character or a um the more meek shy characters or a suave uh character who just wants to help you and totally <laughs> not <help you laughs> anything else oh my it god just... <laughs> um don't get me started you know, I... that. <laughs> <laughs> no that um you know it's totally not up to he doesn't have an ulterior motive at all no mm-hmm. uh but yeah it it uh those sorts of things have have helped uh
1: what about you sean what are some of your inspirations as a player and as a gm
2: literally every form of media i consume inspires me um and the later the the sooner that i've consumed it the more it does inspire uh inspire me um which is i'm something i definitely have to be aware of that i don't get too influenced by something um i'm more so just go with the flow with it like uh whatever i'm just feeling in the moment i'll i'll go and Either make a character or something like that or even create some kind of system with it but um things that are always there for sure um especially as a gm um is eldritch horror like that's a big part of um that's something i really love um dark themes in general i just really like uh psychological horror um or just dark in general Um, being able to challenge characters, uh, having them face NPCs that are just complete opposites to them and challenge their worldview, um, or shake it up at least. Uh, and again with Eldritch Horror, um, I like scaring the shit out of my players, I guess, player character. Um, I like having them face a bad time. Um, but facing that bad time, the whole intent is to see them get even stronger afterward. Um, I love that um, the uh, hero's journey written by um, Campbell. Um, right, I can't right, right. Last his first name, but um, um, yeah, uh, he is a major influence as for a GM like uh, of recently. Um, i'm i uh i like doing a narrative that follows that to a degree obviously not exactly because that's just focusing on one hero um, the dynamics between different player characters obviously has to be taken into consideration um and so that's kind of uh, uh a main inspiration for me um and i i just love dabbling in whatever whatever like i i i've, I've consumed recently like if i just played uh kingdom hearts i just love the idea of the whole light and darkness bullshit so i tend to have that sometimes um but uh i mean it just it just varies but common themes are always going to be in it probably eldritch horror um if it's appropriate yeah
1: nice i i personally love the sort of uh, eldritch horror theming and i'll talk about that when i talk about my inspirations but it's one of my favorite things to play as as a gm mm-hmm. uh let's see all right this is a good one for both of you guys what's your favorite mechanic from
0: a role-playing game um for me, when i was uh doing uh research into uh making my my homebrew uh I really liked this idea of the characters having a base or a haven uh, powered by the apocalypse. Mm. It has certain classes where you can build a base of operations. Mm. Um, And from my experience, a lot of campaigns, you're you're traveling around a lot. You're going from place to place to place a lot. Mm -hmm. um, And you don't have necessarily a central location.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I liked this idea of players having a home to go back to where they can basically level up with them. And that that's how it works in Powered by the Apocalypse is that as you level, you can build in perks to your home base. Mm. So I really like that um, idea of not only are you powering up your character, but you're powering up your home essentially mm-hmm. um, to add more things like a library or a, a place to study to develop magic or or something. Um, there's one where uh, you can have like a safe room to go hide in sort of sort of thing. and and I built that into um, into my campaign where uh, one of the classes you play as is an aperture employee and you get an office in aperture where as you level up, you can add add things to it. so you can have it secure where nobody can listen in on you. You can um, have it like a first aid, Station where you can recover hit points, um, that sort of thing. So I I really like that that sort of mechanic.
2: Nice, nice. I like that that save room. I like that. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool idea or base headquarters. Um, for me, uh, it's luck. Um, I noticed in D anD D five e, getting the lucky feat is basically a must. Um. And it's also from Star Wars saga. Like you have a, you have um, oh geez, I can't. You have destiny points, which allow you to uh, to, to change thing. And you also have force points, in which you roll a dice, and then you can add that value to, uh, your roll. Um. I love that idea. Um. It's. It's t- serves two purposes. It's one like, w- sometimes you fight a roll. I mean excuse me, sometimes you mess up a roll <laughs> as a player. Um, you mess up a roll and you it's it's it can be really heartbreaking, especially when you want to try to be cool, um, especially if it's you roll a one. So that's the whole point of the luck point system and what have you to either re-roll it or make a roll and then add to it. Or I also have used a pool of points. The pool of points has actually been really, um, I've gotten uh, more positive reviews from that, um, and so it's really empowering the players. Um, and two, I use it as a reward system for the players. Um, so you're doing really well with uh, just being really cool in combat. Bam! You get a you get a, another luck point. You're being a really good role player. Luck point. Um, you came up with a s- interesting strategy something out of the box, something that surprised me. Whether it's successful or not, I'm still giving you the point. But also for the players themselves, you you show up early, you show up on time, um, you're courteous to all the other players, you're helping them out when you can and so forth. Being a good player, I give you luck points. So um, a little bit of a, you know, it's, it's really good. It's a good system, Um, it, and uh, I, I I always have that in
1: it definitely yeah. rewards good behavior. I like it a lot. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I guess I should go through these questions too, huh? Oh,
2: wow. I forgot about you. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so, um, uh, my tabletop role-playing game history, as Kat said... Uh, which also worked for me. My first game that I ever played in was a Homestuck homebrew game
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that I played with Kat run run by a friend of ours. And uh, that really was the first time we ever played something that was, uh, that I ever played something that was like more than just like a one-off sort of thing that like actually panned out. Uh, right. Other times i had been like people talking about things but never doing it. Uh, or something like that, but that yeah, that yeah. was the first time, and that the memory of that one has always stuck with me. As,
0: as yeah, same here. Like
1: uh, uh, our friend um, was a very good uh, GM who yes rewarded not only good role play but also wanting to play the game itself. I uh, Greg's so good. Um hmm uh, we'll probably have uh, them on at some point on the podcast, but uh, we'll see. That's for later. Um, after that, uh, the first game I ever ran myself, I actually ran a GURPS session while I was on my mission. Uh, it was like a historical-based thing. It was like during Revolutionary War times, I think. Uh, and it was just like adventuring around uh, the Americas sort of deal. Ooh. Yeah, it Ooh. was... GURPS is this sort of thing where it is the most complicated thing you'll ever play, mm-hmm. but you can do anything you want with it. It has rules I know. For literally. That sounds like Pathfinder. <laughs> it's it's like Pathfinder. It's Pathfinder had rules for making a laser gun and uh making Professor X and shit like and being a, a Pokemon trainer if you wanted. Mm, sounds
2: like so it's it's Pathfinder plus Mutants and Masterminds.
1: <laughs> it's literally anything you want. <laughs> there are, like, modules No, that's really good.
2: Everything. That's really cool. But it's, also, really it's cool.
1: also extremely complicated. Like, like, mm. it is as minute as you can get of a system, and mm. it's re- like, you have to be good at math to play that game. Not like oh, D&D, on. where you don't have to be good at math. You have to kind of be good at math, or at least managing numbers to play GURPS. Um... Oof. God, it's incredibly crazy, but it's also really, like, you can fit anything into it. Um, Ooh, so really I cool. did that on my mission, and I did it with the, uh, some companions there. Uh, but once I came home, I started uh, uh, D&D sessions that have, has been sort of on and off Players have left and players have joined and things like that. And I'm currently on. I think it's like the fourth iteration of it, which I think this might be the one that sticks. Cross everybody, cross your fingers for me. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's in a it's in a setting I've made myself. It's a world called Pruna. It's a it's still sort of in development. Uh, but I uh, that's sort of the most customized thing about it because I play pretty basic D and D fifth edition. Uh, with a, with a, f- a few uh, uh, home rules here and there. Um, but the setting is, is where I really go all out on it. Um, nice. Like, own set of gods, rules of magic, different planar systems, yep. stuff like that.
2: I definitely did that for uh, my home as well. Hell yeah. Everything is ground up just me, and that's why I love it. <laughs>
1: no, it's it's th- that's one of the reasons I love tabletop games. Is if there's something you want to do, if you have, like... The time and effort to do it, and like the willingness mm-hmm. to do it, you can fucking make it.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's what. Uh. So that's the one I'm running right now. I'm also playing in these two guys' campaigns, the, the upcoming <laughs> Zelda one, and the and the Test of the Week for Cat, the the Portal, as, uh slash Half Life, uh game. Uh, I yeah. actually play a Black Mesa spy who got caught.
0: Uh, Ooh, in,
1: in, he got caught.
2: In, yes.
0: So he's a test subject now. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. He yep. got shoved into testing because he's... Oh, and I love the dynamic um, he has with the head of security. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting
1: relationship that's co- sort of gone a different way than I think anybody could have really... Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, you've got good. you've
0: got an enemy of my enemy sort of yeah. thing going on with her, which uh, is which is pretty great.
1: That's um, cool. uh, and then I'm gonna play a Gerudo in Sean's session, which I'm very excited for. She's a mm-hmm. she's a she's an idol, <laughs> like a like a Japanese pop idol idol. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yes, it's, idea so it's much. gonna be very good. I'm very excited. Um... Uh, let's see, what's uh, the favorite character I've played? That's a hard question for me, mm-hmm. because I, <laughs> I kind of almost want to mention someone else's character that uh, I've sort of, uh, with their permission, turned into an NPC in my world. But I'll, mm. I can talk about Ronnie Silver later. <laughs> um, I think my favorite character is hands down going to be—I uh, use her in basically everything. Her name's Thorn. She's a half-orc, half-elf barbarian. Uh, she runs a guild uh, called the uh, Untrimmed Rose, uh, uh, which uh, you'll get used to that name. That's probably the uh, th- uh, a lot of the the the. Uh, meta podcast setting will <laughs> take place in that, <laughs> around that guild. Um, um, and she's just, she's strong and straightforward and a blast to play. Uh, because I get to do things I don't normally do. I almost always play sneaky range characters uh, <laughs> in almost everything, and she is the complete opposite of that. She lets you know where she is, and she's going to be right up in your face. Uh, so it's very fun. Uh, and She is a delight to play, and I've heard to play with. Uh, so I hope that's true. They're not just kissing ass. Uh, <laughs> um... My favorite, or my inspirations as a player, as a GM, I take a lot of inspiration from comic books uh, and video games. Uh, I I have a few comic books that I can think of off the top of my head that I've taken a lot of inspiration from. Um, I Kill Giants uh, is one of my favorite comics, and I've uh, Thorn is actually based off of the main character uh, from that. Uh, uh, what's it called? that comic uh i mean she's become her own thing now but the basic idea was like a very strong girl (laughs) strong girl (laughs) that's all you need um uh there's this i don't know if anybody's ever gonna even recognize his name but there's this uh a comic called dingo that i really like and it's based on a lot of uh sort of supernatural stuff Mm -hmm. uh i i would suggest you check it out it's a very interesting story because the base of the story isn't so much the supernatural stuff it's people's emotional responses and things like that it's like the emotional story of this guy dealing with the mistakes of his brother and his family uh relations sort of around that uh it's a really really interesting and good story um And then as games go, uh, Bloodborne, obviously. I love Mm -hmm. Lovecraft, Mm -hmm. and I think Bloodborne does a super good job.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I like Tolkien a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. I recently went on a rant on Twitter about how people have taken sort of the wrong things from his his writing. Because personally, I think Tolkien's a great, incredible writer. And the things he did were right for what he was trying to do. But a lot of the things have sort of been... been propagated and expanded on where Mm. it's sort of lost the point uh Mm. but i do like i i I like elves and i like orcs and i like goblins and things like that and i put a lot of those people uh and things in my games and i go more a lot more for a sort of sentient form of that and not like just inherently evil creatures um I'm trying to think what else I really like. Um that it, that inspires me. Uh just like cat I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um uh The Adventure Zone Critical Role uh not another D&D podcast. I don't know if anybody's heard of that. It's probably one of my favorites because it it does so much with the players um uh free will. That you can tell that they really, really do change how that story is going. And that's something I really like. Uh, It's also funny as all hell, uh, which is another reason why I like it a lot. I incorporate a lot of humor into my sessions, actually. Uh, A lot of it. Um, Because, I mean, if you're not having fun, why are you playing a game? Uh, (laughs) Not that they can't get serious, obviously, but, I mean, I like to make jokes. (laughs) And then my favorite mechanic would have to be I and I know this is not everybody's favorite thing, but I really love uh, fumble charts. And on the other end, too, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, critical success charts. Mm. Um, so, like, if you roll a nat 1 or if you roll a nat 20, something's going to happen and it's going to be either good or bad. Um <laughs> uh you're either going to like lose your sword because you just flung it across the battlefield cuz you missed that <laughs> bad uh or your spell fizzles up and blows up in your face or something or you just you just do incredible ab- you like chop off a guy's head basically something something Dude. good or bad's going to happen um and uh i i love implementing those things into my games it's just because it makes things a little more interesting keeps everybody on their toes uh, but yeah that's uh I think that's all of the questions. Uh so now that we've all introduced ourselves let's uh mm-hmm. let's let's rub our gay little hands together and make a module. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sean
0: <laughs> you sound like you're
1: watching somebody cook. Mm. 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 <laughs> sound
0: like, like the Skeksis from Dark Crystal. <laughs> oh my god.
1: That was a deep cut. That was a deep cut. Jesus, aren't they making a Dark Crystal thing for Netflix? They are, and I'm so excited oh for my that. God. Okay, we can talk about that later. <laughs> okay, so we're going to randomize the theme and plot hook live uh, here on the podcast. Uh, so mm. I'm going to hit refresh. I'm going to get a new one. Oh, ooh, this is interesting.
2: Okay. Okay, so uh, the
1: theme well. is espionage. Okay. I was okay. not expecting that one. Okay. We did get the same story hook, though. Dying Delivery uh and oh, I, will, I will i will copy this for you guys
2: uh no, sure. over here okay so we can all see espionage it. dying delivery that's that's okay.
1: that's an interesting combination that i really yeah. like let me, uh, Actually, let me read that definition
2: of espionage here espionage adventures are active grim scenarios involving spying and perhaps other cloak and dagger deeds such as assassination or rescue and for the dying delivery. On some occasion, uh, when the hero is out wandering the streets or is otherwise all alone, a dying uh, person bumps into them, hands them something, says a few words, and dies. Pretty
1: I cool. think those go really well together. We <laughs> The luck of the draw right there. Mm, okay. So, uh, uh, let's all go over the things we brought. I brought... Uh, uh, kind uh, of you might recognize this a small girl that hunts giants
2: that sounds familiar <laughs> mm. 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 Let's see in this setting well i don't know my 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 gears are turning so we can talk no, about that no let's talk later. about that
1: yeah i don't want to stifle anything
2: okay um my gears are turning to think of um, a setting uh everyone's a secret agent of some kind. Um, it's a secret agency. Okay. double oh seven slash uh, Archer whatever.
0: <laughs> Archer, <laughs> Archer, <laughs> Archer
2: Kingsman, whatever, uh, whatever. Um, secret agency. Okay. Um, and uh, they get that dying message from um can be some random person, uh what have you. Um, uh however that's done, the dying delivery occurs. And then the party goes ahead and tries to carry out whatever the dying delivery is. But um, what I'm thinking for your thing, small girl that hunts giants, is how uh, that figurative and giant being something, someone like a giant uh, CEO Ooh, uh, or something. I rather like, than that. like
1: oh, I, yeah. l- I that. like that a lot. So like she's going after big fish, basically.
2: Right, right, like we have the espionage thing with assassinations and so forth, so she's going after a really big target. Um, Maybe even some other person in the agency, Um, if you want to think of, like, uh, John Wick, like she's going to try and kill John Wick. Good luck with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The evil John Wick. (laughs) Good luck with that, that ain't happening, but yeah, you know. Um, so, something like that, like a giant figurative. Hmm. Is this, um,
0: the setting, because you're talking about, like, agencies and stuff, but is this that like a tradition, is this like a traditional fantasy setting
2: with... It could very well be. That was just my gears turning and my
1: yeah. I, I love the idea of the secret agency setting, and that can still fit into a sort of fantasy D&D setting. Yeah, I...
0: I, I like the idea of like a fantasy CIA type of situation you know where you have fantasy <laughs>
1: archer I'm bringing up fantasy- archer because I know Cat loves it
0: I know mm, oh well wow. I mean
1: <laughs> they, we go. they,
0: god a fantasy archer that'd be <laughs> yeah I'm, no I love that idea of the um uh maybe a kingdom has in its employ a um a group of of, mm-hmm. of spies, but mm-hmm. that um, or different guilds of spies.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, I'm also thinking of um, I don't know if either you two have read the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett. No, but I know about it a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. well, in um, the main city they have um, like the assassinate the um, assassins guild the thieves mm-hmm. guild the, um, so these different guilds that are uh, that answer to the patrician basically so like the idea of a spy guild right right within the city right that for sure. that, that still answers but they they're kind of their own thing
2: Oh yeah, like that. And, like that's actually pretty common in a lot of fantasy stuff. I mean, like think of Skyrim, like the Thieves Guild, mm-hmm. or, the, right. the, or the Dark the, Brotherhood. The dark Brotherhood. Yeah, like it's totally, um, and it is, that's very, very common in a lot of fantasy stuff, so it can yeah. super fit into, a, into <laughs> a good old D&D for sure.
0: My mind just immediately goes to Discworld because I'm thinking of the, the interplay between the, the different Guilds is, is mm.
2: kind
0: of kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea of like a, a spy guild, yeah, um, that these okay. players are a part of, For sure. and that and that the small <laughs> small girl that that hunts the big fish within. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um,
2: On that note. um how about you? Uh, what ways could? How about you introduce your thing and so my, maybe some ideas around it?
0: Yeah. So my thing was a a secret necromancer. Um, idea of like a uh, how did you put it? a cleric that um uh, uh, uh,
1: a cleric of the grave.
0: The cleric of the grave. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Where, uh they are masquerading as a healer, but they are using the necromantic arts um, and are trying very hard to keep that secret. Um, so your, in this...
1: Your arm got chopped off? Here, let me just bring that back to life and sew it back onto you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> let me just...
1: <sighs> I'm definitely Don't healing it. That's what I'm doing.
0: Definitely healing sure. it. Sure. Don't ask what <laughs> Ign- I'm chanting. Ignore if it starts
2: moving on its own. Just... just uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it gonna do again Don't worry. just gonna <laughs> knock you out while I do this and do some chanting and <gasps> see you oh, all okay Lord. um
1: so uh I'm sorry to get off track there was a character that I know uh that some that someone else played that was a cleric of the grave. Um, and one of their one of their things in D anD D is that if a character is at zero and they get healing, they get the full healing from it. So they had something called a healing shiv, where they would stab someone and bring them to zero before healing them, so they could get the most out of a healing spell.
2: Very nice. That's
0: so. So that could something. be that could totally be this secret necromancer's thing. Is that oh this person. It's just e- easier to kill them and bring them back. <laughs> oh my
2: god, that's yeah. so good! <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so, that ties in really well with espionage. Uh, I'm thinking like a Hitman-style thing where you want to use someone. He can use uh, someone he's killed and controlling to then do the killing for him, or what have you. That's really cool. Oh
0: yeah, or, that definitely fits. Or it's easier just to maybe kill somebody then bring them back for, and then... And bring him back to life for interrogation. Yes. That's good yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but they have to keep under wraps that there's this necromancer working for them because, you know, the, the people would frown upon that. That's, what are you
1: talking? What people? necromancer? That's just our healer. What? That's mm-hmm. that's our OSHA mandated
2: healer.
0: OSHA <laughs> mandated healer. Oh, but OSHA. I'm super. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> what what i love about your thing cat um i love like it's a nice joke where that if it was a player if it was a player they would always have to be rolling deception when it comes to their uh, necromancy stuff oh, and be exactly. like oh yeah like that reminds me of a, an, an age old uh joke where a player was playing as a bear oh right yes. Yes. sir barrington
0: yes. much sir barrington perfect.
2: Yeah, pretty much everyone's heard of it. But, like, they always had to keep rolling deception and all that sorts of stuff. And, <laughs> and like, one person figured it out. And everyone else is like, that's ridiculous. This guy's not a bear. <laughs> you get out of here. So, But that reminds me that you can apply that with, like, the secret Necromancer. Even if it's an NPC, uh, like, he's rolling his deception or everyone rolling uh, something, perception or insight, what have you, to try and figure it out. Um, that that'll be really cool. Uh, it's a nice little running gag running
0: every time gag. they do healing they have to roll <laughs>
2: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: keep
2: keep up your keep up your masquerade man
1: yeah no that's it's... really good I love it <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, I think this would be a good spot to introduce your Sean this kind of goes together
2: yeah my my thing is favorite I love or uh, whenever I can, is uh, the bad guy is actually the good guy. Um, it's a, it's just a nice little um, wrench. It's not. It's not. It's not too. I wouldn't. That's. It's certainly not original. It's certainly not um, anything unique. But I find when it's with a campaign, uh, when you have your players immersed into it, and uh, sometimes they're just not paying attention. Always have little breadcrumbs here and there. If they're not paying attention to those breadcrumbs, they may not realize it in the end um, that they are actually either working for the true bad guy, or perhaps their motives or what have you are actually going against uh, going against for the better good or what have you. Um, if not this, in at least like the the bad guy has can be considered a good guy from his own perspective. Um, playing into this theme, uh, with the hook. Um, um, it could be done in several ways, perhaps, but one thing that comes to my mind immediately is the dying delivery. Um, it's actually a request. It's like a it's a very gray request, morally gray, like uh assassinate. Um, like maybe it's like uh, it's giving some kind of information about somebody to uh, manipulate in having them killed. Um, like, oh no! This person's actually bad. We need to go kill them, uh, or investigate them further, what have you. Um, and they go through the whole campaign with that, uh, the whole uh, and um, or adventure, I should say. And at the end of it, they realize you made a big mistake. Um, they were they were actually uh, doing something for the better good, or what have you. Um, and now you've ruined everything for everybody yeah like um it it takes a lot it's it definitely takes a lot of plotting and thinking the best example ever is the original near um yeah. where where near actually just <laughs> killed all humans yeah <laughs> he wiped out humanity for his daughter you know um and uh yeah so that like things like things ideas like that um applying it to like the espionage thing it perhaps like uh like killing some kind of big CEO, uh, like say you're 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 gonna you're gonna kill the Amazon dude, right? Jeff Bezos. You're like, yeah, you're like, oh, he's an asshole. Kill this big CEO, but when, once he's dead, you realize, well, actually, Amazon was crucial to a lot of things, and now you've kind of just uh made everything fall apart. You done fucked up, um, something like that, something along those lines.
1: House. i i like that a lot um uh but i yeah i have a very similar situation in my campaign mm-hmm, that uh uh i this could definitely it, it it is a good thing to do and i like it a lot
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nice
1: nice so okay the question is do we want to make the bad guy that's actually the good guy someone who's not the secret necromancer or do we want to make him the secret necromancer
2: or them, yeah. I should say. Sorry. Well, oh, you can keep it separate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got more, um, more uh, interesting characters that way.
0: Yeah, and I, I really dig the, the whole idea that they're chasing these leads, but that there is some sort of information that they're just missing.
1: Like, that. like, like, without them knowing it, these leads are very biased towards yes uh, one yes. version of events, basically. Yes, yes, and
2: that's that's I find that to be uh, key to it. Um, it's like everything you're seeing is completely biased, or it's a uh, it's from a lens where you just simply can't understand. Like again, with near near can't understand the shades. Um, so he has just no idea what they're doing and like his misunderstanding is, um, they're, these are just monsters, um, and so he's just going around killing what he, what to, for, for him to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you can very well do that by throwing in a different language, um, like whatever bad guys are speaking, I don't know, abyssal or something. Um, if you're using a D and D something or make up your own new language, um, and you can even, even like if it's like, let's say a different agency, a different guild, uh, they have their own language because that's that's super. They, oh,
1: yeah. They've got their own version of Thieves Can't. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Right, right. They have their
2: own thing. Um, and so it's like, oh, well, we can't understand those, that group, um, but we know we got to kill them because that's that's what that's what all the all our leads are pointing towards.
1: I like that a lot. I I, I definitely, the 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 uh, the unknowing bias is a really good way to do mm. it too. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can, you can even combine both like the unknowing bias and not having enough information to un- understand the situation, right? Um. Okay. Now this is the other question: Do we want to have? I like this idea of having the small girl going after the giant be the bad person mm. that's actually doing the good thing okay. so like so like the I information think. that the players are getting are oh she's trying to kill this person because of whatever 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 uh, she's got a grudge yeah. she's trying to do this evil thing but like and, and that's the information that other people are getting like you look into her history oh she's killed this person and this person and right this person she has a very bad past. record yeah mm-hmm. and so like And and you're getting all this information from people who don't actually know her or why she's done the things she's done, Uh, and so the party's like, we got to stop her, Uh, Mm -hmm. and maybe even the party finds out who the next her who her next target is and -hmm. tries to get in contact with them. Right, and they're like a bad guy, but they don't know, and so they work with them. Yeah, he works with
2: them. Yeah, it's like, um, that's a great angle. I super love that. Um. And like even that, her whole record thing can be fabricated to an extent. Maybe she's like a scapegoat to other like bad things other people have done, which Ooh, are that's really connected. Good too. Yes, who are connected mm-hmm. to the the bad guy they're going to end up working with. You know, yeah, um, stuff like that. That's, that's, that's
1: I really cool. I like I like that idea a lot, where she's like sort of mysterious, and so people attribute these things to her, even though. Right. There's no real proof, just that she, you know, right. she's this mysterious person that has killed it's people. Kind in the of past. a negative
2: yeah. legend. Yes, her.
0: they're they're infamous. There we go.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if she does that on purpose.
2: Sure, she could. Because yeah. like, uh, I mean, it's to help create a reputation where it's like, don't mess with me. Yeah, sort of like a or...
1: Batman style thing where, like, yeah. the, the myth is what keeps people at at bay most
0: of the time. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a
2: good idea. Uh, so, just an idea is so I, all of this is going to lead up to final boss, the final boss fight versus small girl, um, big epic final boss. Oh man, it's on a top of a building in the middle of a storm, whatever. Um, and it can go two different ways, really. Uh, whether uh, the party like ends up just killing her, um, and they're like, "Yay, we did it! We beat the the, the big evil." And it's like, oh, no, you didn't beat the big evil. Um, I'm the real big evil. And then, and just bam, bam, um, they just get shot. I don't know, or something. I don't know, whatever. Like the real villain, um, like there's a boss fight right after that. No healing, no anything. They have to go right into the boss fight. And that's going to decide the the outcome, whether they, they get fucked or not. Um, or they can spare her. Uh, they can spare her, like, either through, like, before they fight, like, being diplomatic, or after the fight. Um, and she can join them with that final boss fight versus the real villain. The I, I'm, I keep calling him a CEO, but whatever. That guy.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, aren't CEOs the real villains? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's be real. Um, okay, so with that. I think the way we can in, uh, introduce the the secret necromancer to this is, um, what if they like the party picks them up, like their their guild sort of sends them with them, because like this girl's been really dangerous, mm-hmm. uh, and so they sort of send send the the secret necromancer with them, and that gives them an option even if. Or they could plan on this uh, if they sort of uh, flush out the relationship with the secret necromancer and find out who he is. They could, um, if they accidentally kill her or something, he or they could, the secret ne- necromancer could bring a small girl back, mm. or they could plan like a fake thing where they like kill her for real and so the final boss is like you've done my bidding ha 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 mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then the necromancer like in the background is bringing a small girl back to life and then so like that's a secret sort of setup.
2: Right. I, As you were saying that um like as soon as you started I also thought how about have the real villain be the secret necromancer. We could do that too. It, de- yeah, it, it, it depends on what like you guys this want to do. The whole thing is like he's Playing it off as this, he's a super innocent priest, um he's trying to help Ooh, the community. Yeah. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, like he's he's like everyone loves this guy. He's he's basically Saint Popeman and <laughs> Saint Jesus man <Popeman>. Saint-, <laughs> Saint Jesus Popeman. But like he's actually a necromancer, and people who are dying, like he's. You can even turn it into like he's feeding off their life energy. Um, like for some people like uh in the in the in the city or the village or whatever um and like he's doing like really actually skeezy magic bullshit. Ooh,
0: that's um, good.
2: With zombies and shit,
0: you know. Yeah, I like that is, a lot. It's it's turning into the the seemingly good guy actually being the bad guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely works
1: too. Also, um another option for like having a cool moment in the in the boss fight. If if the something. party ends up killing uh, small girl, small girl, the final he boss. Resurrects yes, resurrects her, her under I love it's this. so
2: good. Oh yeah, my yes. god! And like, you know what? That could be like his huge plot because, like, now finally, I have small girl under my
1: control. <laughs> oh my god! Nothing yeah.
2: can stop me. Not
1: me. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. Oh, that, yeah, that's definitely one of the options of something happening in the final that's, that's in the final idea. fight. I, I
2: like that. Um
1: okay, so I think and this could be fleshed out into like a oh, whole yeah. arc of a whole yeah. campaign. But yeah. but to try to keep it into a one-shot thing.
2: One-shot adventure, yeah. Um yeah.
1: I think we could plan on instead of doing multiple things for uh the necromancer, um the necromancer could be like, "Oh, I've heard of this amulet that like will protect mm-hmm. me. Uh mm-hmm. uh and so the party goes out
2: goes to get that gets amulet, that right. amulet
1: for them. Uh maybe they figure out that what it's actually for. It could be like upping Some his necromancy of... powers yeah. or something yeah. like that.
0: Right.
1: Uh it could be and anything like that. Uh uh and so like maybe if they figure it out they have a chance to be like, "Hmm, this isn't exactly what we thought it was." And they maybe they try and go contact uh, small girl, or they don't figure it out, and they just do it. Uh, either way, I think that would be a good way, like a good mid goal. So you have like the beginning where you find out what small girl's doing. You have the middle where uh they uh, somehow either their guild or 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 the uh, the 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 guy himself, or the, the necromancer themselves, gets in contact with the party. Uh, there's multiple ways we can help guide the party to getting in contact with them, which would lead into them getting that, uh... that, uh, that, whatever, uh, artifact. Uh, and then that would lead towards the final fight. I think maybe a good beginning of the thing was when the dying person sends them the message, it's small girl that does the killing. (laughs)
2: like yes like that's, yeah, that's absolutely that's yeah like, that's right how in how front of die. them right in front of them so they see her and and like, she looks they, menacing and yeah, evil covered in blood. yeah absolutely yeah. Ooh,
1: this is good okay so i've got the the dying delivery man is killed in front of the party by small girl right after he gives them the message Uh, They can either have an introductory battle with her. So, like, Mm -hmm. if they choose to fight her right there, they can. She won't kill them if she defeats them. Mm -hmm. Right. uh, For sure. Or if they choose to run, she also won't chase them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. She doesn't know them. She doesn't have any reason to assume that they're evil. So she's not going to do anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Then Small Girl is the quote-unquote bad guy. Party finds... Uses the information given to them by the delivery man... To sort of find information about her and about what she's planning, mm-hmm. um, th- maybe they take it to the guild, uh, their own uh, um, uh, sort of uh, what's it called? What do we call it? The spy guild, thieves it's guild, spell- assassin guild. guild. They're yeah, or what, they're they whatever, whatever espionage guild they're a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they either their guild can be like, hey, go check this out uh, because this is in connection with this very powerful figure, and that'd be a good connection for us to have. Uh, or like we need to protect this figure or whatever works for uh your session that you're trying to do uh uh or the the players themselves can go be like hey i want to find out more about this so they don't have Mm. to be sent by their guild but they're Mm -hmm. they're still in contact with this sort of espionage guild and they're all sort of espionage trained characters they don't obviously have to be spies or thieves like right. a- anybody can be part of uh, that sort of a guild.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. It's just it's it's more like I like the idea of um like making an assassin guild uh, like any kind of espionage guild, right? Like um the Dark Brotherhood in Skyrim, you have like one guy's a freaking werewolf, uh, and uh or whatever, you know? They all will murder in whatever ways that just works for in, them. Uh, you know? Yeah,
1: in um in Oblivion, one of them was like this big orc dude who wielded a, a two handed axe. And, there you and go. And that's how yeah. I did it. So yeah, mm-hmm. you, you can have anything. Yeah. Uh, and that would fit. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, the, the information they find is, like, if they pay close enough attention to it, is hinting that, you know, maybe small girl isn't entirely part of it, but mm-hmm. a lot of it, the obvious stuff is pointing to, you know, hey, she's killed in the past, she's been associated with these bad things that have happened before, she's targeting this supposedly, like, a very good person in the community this uh this Mm -hmm. this priest and uh either way they sort of either contact the priest themselves or once again their guild tells them to contact the priest the priest is like uh oh hey you know that's interesting i I don't know why she would try to do that to me uh but as preparation you know there's this sort of uh artifact that can help protect me if you guys really want to help me you guys can go help get that for me uh, in preparation for her coming, and then they can do that. Find out that that artifact. It, uh, if once again, if they if they do find out, they find right. out that the artifact is like some sort of necromantic deal.
2: And obviously, don't make the artifact like have a skull on. No, know? no, no, no. Make it look um, very yeah. unassuming. Obviously, it's very right, right. So it's like, oh, is it going to help him? You know, with his protection and blah blah blah. So exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, um that will be good. So and like it, they can they can go down into like some ruins temple where it's like the temple itself is like is really creepy and scary and a bunch of skeletons I, attacking and shit. Sure, and like he's telling them, oh, some an evil cult sealed it away there <laughs> to, because it's so good and it's so good. You know, uh, you had to they seal didn't it away want there. any of the good people using this, right? But like it, in truth, it's like it's the amulet that is powering the cult temple or whatever, mm-hmm. something like that um it's like super duper evil
1: exactly
2: yeah um i also think i had an idea uh depending on the player party size um they can be their own guild um, Oh yeah yeah and they can like uh they can come into like uh this can be like uh you can either have starting thing or just set it to uh whatever level six ish or something Uh, where there are three really three level three is where they start getting stuff um and uh and yeah like that's their guild um if they want to have that background otherwise uh they can just be part of a very large guild we can probably come up with that um and if we do we can probably come up with a whole base for it and stuff with more npcs um and so forth
1: yeah if if we were to flesh this out yeah you could definitely Mm -hmm. add all of that for sure Right. This is a really good idea. Ripe idea. The the dice were on our side, giving us those two, uh, the yeah, theme and most definitely,
0: most definitely.
1: Okay. So, um. After they get the thing, they either take it back to him or go seek out Small Girl, and then that sort starts leading towards the final encounter. Which would be either where small girl, they either kill her or talk to her or in some sort of way figure out a solution to this conflict. Uh, however they want to do it obviously it would work. Uh, Sean was saying there's like four sort of main avenues this could end, right?
2: Um, That's what I was coming up with. Um, uh, what was the first one? Um, So, okay. The final boss quote quote uh, fight is versus small girl. Um. And it could go in, okay, the party battles her um, and kills her. In which uh, the necromancer villain reveals himself, brings her back to life, and fucks up the party. Along with even more undead on top of that. And just fucks up the party. Um, small girl is essentially his lieutenant in the, um, for that boss battle. Uh, two, they could spare her, um, spare her after the boss fight. And so she's injured and you have to go right into the necromancer fight. Like even the party as well. Um, right into the necromancer fight, um, you're at a d- great disadvantage with less health, whatever. But uh, that's just how it goes, and it just depends uh, how that goes, whatever. Um, or they, they're they diplomatic with her in the beginning. Uh, maybe there's like a goody two-shoes on the party that's able to uh, – let's talk it out first or whatever. I don't know. Um, or
1: they don't even have to be good at tissues. They could be like a real paranoid motherfucker and be like, mm, <laughs> "Why? Be great. Why should we trust this
2: priest? What is this yeah, priest hiding?"
1: And so they go talk that'd to them.
2: Great. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of avenues you could approach that with. Right. Wh- whatever way it is, and they talk to Small girl beforehand. And so when that happens, they work with Small Girl at full health and all the good stuff in fighting Priestman. Um. And so uh, and so those are like three ways. And then there's ultimately whether they defeat Priestman or not.
1: Yeah.
2: Priestman Mac not villain, but um, but yeah, like uh, it just depends on. Uh, so here's here's how I'm view- viewing it. If they do kill the priest, right, um, they're going to be viewed as bad guys by everyone because no one knows about the priest. Like basically, as soon as it happens, um, shit goes down. They have to abandon. They have to basically go on the run um if they get killed by the priest then um you get a bandit ba- uh you get like a little mo- um cinematic of um of how they are resurrected by the priest and um and become his part of his right hand and how he just basically takes over the whole city or town and slowly just spreads and then you have to start up with a new adventure with a new party to take him out and then you get to fight your old party that's really good uh, i like yeah. that Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man.
1: What was I going to say? You could also, as part of the... Uh, they end up killing the priest. Mm-hmm. If you did get Small Girl on your side, Small mm-hmm. Girl could be like, I'm taking the blame for this one. Like like, yes. like at the end Very of good. Batman. Uh, Very good. Where she's yeah. like, I'm the one who has to take the blame for this. Not, yeah.
2: no, not, not you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. not you guys. Excellent. So that's like... Uh, I wasn't counting, but that's like five or six, maybe. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a lot of different ending. ways it's going to end, yeah. That's yeah. really good.
1: All right, now now we get to do the real fun part, is designing these characters just a little bit. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know I'm basing small girl off of an actual character, but let's not just make them uh, um, the character from Michael Giants
0: Giants. I like that idea of... Uh, maybe small girl not being small. That's good, I, That's actually. exactly what I thought. What, yeah, I love that. Make her huge and... Yeah, like, and just a like... a lady. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And just like
2: the... like, And a, it's ironic. It's an ironic name. It's an yeah.
0: ironic name. That's good. Yeah, yeah. huge... Uh, just a huge fuck-off sword or something. You know? So she's like, she's a Goliath. She's, yeah. uh,
1: she's huge. She's got like these dope-ass like tattoos going across her like her like arm and her like side and she just just
2: take Kratos and give him oh my
1: hair. god kind of yes <laughs> she's got the huge two-handed great sword that she uses
2: Ooh, that's cool uh,
1: she calls it the the, the uh, what's the word uh, uh, the uh, uh, is it uh, adjudicator I don't know Uh uh,
2: A person who adjudicates.
1: Thanks, Google.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: the, she calls it the adjudicator. So, like, okay. some somebody who makes formal judgments, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so she fucking, and that's what she uses. Uh, this, and that's her like signature thing. Right. Right. This, right. this big ass.
2: And like, it's console. really, it's, I, I love that idea, of being uh, an Amazon, because it's like, oh. Uh, we're looking for a literal small girl, <laughs> like a um, but it's and they're like you know looking out for like some tiny rogue or whatever. But it's like this huge muscle lady with a giant great sword coming at you and just executes you. Yeah, and yeah, I love that. I love I, that. I
1: also like I, adding on you saying that she's an actual Amazon. Amazons have like a really strong sense of justice, so that I think would mm. really fit really well.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Like make her a literal Amazon. That's great, um, and like like the reason why she has such a high reputation, literally everything um, in her way, just just like like you know that corridor in Metal Gear Solid with Grey Fox when you're heading to Grey Fox and like all the guards are dead. Oh like,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Like this is just, just the the walls and ceiling is just covered in blood. There's bodies everywhere. Um, cuz she she's just, she's just like she's just, just unstoppable as far as uh things go. And it's better like uh he didn't come up with the name uh, the adjudicator. Like that's just what people call it. Yeah. Um, it was so cool.
1: One of the people she who bought- like survived one of her raids, that's what she's she, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like like oh she used it with such sense of purpose as like its own adjudicator. With judgment. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, that the name caught on. Mhm. Mhm. She never never faltered once in in meeting out her swift justice with the Great Sword. Yeah, yeah. That's really good.
2: So it's like so it's like this it's this huge broken ass OP Mary Sue and that's that's who you gotta that's ooh, who you gotta Ooh, ooh, okay. And
1: and this is like extra info that isn't maybe they'll find out, but like the Great Sword is magic in that it it can tell like it can tell you the innermost, like, like, uh, uh, secrets of a person that, like,
2: you like. So it's it's Wonder Woman's lasso. But yes, a sword. but a
1: sword. So like, so like, it can tell if somebody's good or bad, basically.
2: Okay, and she, that's how she uses. That's it, how she up. uses it Kill. because yeah, all these
1: people, good. like, 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 it it doesn't make sense that she'd have like the sort of network set up to sort of yeah, find out about all these secret ass uh shit that's going down. Mm-hmm, so she's mm-hmm. like, so like her sword sort of like gives her a fla- like uh a uh, bruce welesun unbreakable uh it, like gives oh, her Oh when he
2: touches people right yeah yeah, yeah so like
1: it yeah. gives her a flash of somebody's true intentions
2: and shit mhm yeah i like that a lot um in fact this whole theme works so well with an amazon like she doesn't actually get paid or anything she just does these Nope. she just does these yep um and cuz she's an amazon she doesn't care about money um yeah and she's just doing what she believes is right. Um, and she has an unshaking uh, world view on that. And of course, because she's this powerful, obviously the necromancer wants her as a, as his puppet or her puppet, whatever. Oh, and maybe so that's one of the
1: reasons why she doesn't go after the party because her greatsword doesn't give her any sort of yeah, sense that, but... you know, oh,
2: these people are evil.
1: <laughs> right. right,
2: right. And evil in the sense of not just, you know, because... The, the, yeah, no, not just like not paying
1: your taxes or shit, like
2: right, right like right. real well, evil, yeah. or even like even if for, in their case doing assassinations, it's like uh, being evil as in taking the lives of like innocent, what have, you. yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
2: yeah, or you can even you can even tie it in like so if a uh, if the party decides to be evil or uh there's an ooh, evil party yeah member. that's good too she's yeah. gonna fight them in the beginning yeah and the whole yeah. point is run away <laughs> right
1: yeah Ooh, ooh okay and so i think she'd obviously want to go after the one that's more evil so she'd be focusing mm-hmm. on the priest but mm-hmm. she could like point to whichever party member evil and be like right like it, like it, you're next in my sights basically yeah but she has yeah. to
2: run away given the situation like a uh, kind of situation where uh, the cops are all coming or whatever. Right. It's right. like in the middle of, uh, on the street or something. It's like in pub, whatever. So it's a situation where she can't actually fight the party due to time or what have you.
1: Right, like like if they go to fight her, she'll defend herself, but she's not going to mm. stay there mm-hmm. and like bring each one of them down or anything.
2: Right, right, right. Especially mm-hmm. if they're actually good. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: That's really good.
2: And I mean, if someone, if a... If a GM wants to play through with a uh, with alignments, they can they can do that. Um, I personally drop alignments, but hey, some people still do. So
1: you can be a you, you can be aligned, but it's yeah. It's, if personally for me, it's more about what your character actually does.
2: Me too, me too. But, but you know, some some people still use it. Um, it's part of the system. So if uh, if it, it's like anyone's a evil aligned, like she has a bonus buff against
0: evil, right. Blah, blah, blah. Uh,
1: th- that's the one thing one of the things i will say that's nice uh on fifth edition they don't focus as much on like alignments
2: right. yeah um yeah i do notice that
0: so what about this uh priest guy so my first instinct about priest who actually turns out to be evil <laughs> mm-hmm. kira kotamine from <laughs>
2: Well, that yeah. Of course. Oh my god! <laughs> but like, here's the thing with Kouta so obviously
0: evil. I know. So...
1: Okay, I I exactly. have another one that I think we all recognize as well—the mm-hmm. priest from the beginning
2: of Full Metal Alchemist. That's
1: okay. what I thought of too. <laughs> <laughs> no!
2: I was gonna mention it, but I I just didn't have time yeah I was like oh, because he, he's literally what I thought of when I came up. With the whole <laughs> he's PGA like this guy
1: who's him. like has this whole image of being really good and godly. Yes.
0: <laughs> so I, I'm I'm imagining maybe to f- even further throw off the party mm. is that he's like elderly.
2: Ooh, so that's I good. had Emperor Palpatine in my mind as well. Yeah. Like, yeah Emperor it, Palpatine plays off the oh, I'm a feeble old man with a skin yeah. condition. And <laughs> then he, like,
0: he throws off his robes and he's jacked. Oh yeah. that's good
2: too. Yeah, he's he's super jacked. So here here's here's here so I love these ideas, but here's something to kind of sub- subvert that. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a it's a it's a woman. Okay. Um, Ooh, that's very good too. a very motherly woman, um, uh, Mona Lisa type, you know, um, beautiful but not like insanely crazy or anything. Just you know, matriarch. Ma- Matri- yeah, yeah, matriarch. Matri- okay. <laughs> um, and she, she, she's she's very loving, um, and for that reason, it's like yeah, people love her. She's the Mother Teresa, uh, uh, of this of this setting.
1: Okay, I still love that. I I do still want to go with the jacked underneath the robes. I, so she is she's fucking course. jacked underneath the robes. Yeah, she's Mother Teresa, and then she removes her fucking habit, and she's oh, got man. a seven, an eight pack.
2: Yeah, <laughs> shredded. She's shredded underneath. Oh my god! Absolutely. That's very
1: good. Okay, I'm I'm.
2: But you can go either or. Um, I'm
1: interrupting you guys to uh, this very good tweet that I love that I just thought of when we we're talking about an evil priest. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Never mind. Let's go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So uh, Mother Teresa on
2: my man. Yeah. Like my like when I. When I said the idea, my mind went to Full Metal Alchemy. As I was saying it, my mind went to Kotamine too, <laughs> and Emperor Palpatine as well. Like, there's tropes here. Um, for that reason, is why I am like, oh okay, flip it and do a lady. Yeah,
1: let's combine these yeah. tropes.
2: Right. Let's do let's like, do evil mother Teresa. Wise, personality, why she's like, yeah, she's really and stuff. You can even like, here's the thing with Kotamine, for those who don't know uh maybe not even maybe you don't know I too. I don't know so uh, Kotamine, um he is inherently evil however he was raised in a very strict uh christian um christian view uh to be a to be a priest um a magical priest if you will but anyway it's a priest but he is inherently evil and he cannot understand why god why does he exist how does God allow someone as evil as him to exist? Hmm. Um, hence why he wants to uh, use the Holy Grail, which will birth all evils of the world. He wants to. He is super pro-life. He wants to have that born to be birthed. But like, if God allows this to exist, then that validates my existences. Well. Um, okay. He's really complicated. He's really great. That's
1: interesting.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's straight up uh, my favorite character from the series. Um and yeah, and so like and he's like if you can stop me, EMI, is maybe god or something, maybe that will prove my existence uh, should not exist or whatever blah blah blah. Um, he's really cool, but um just just throwing that out there to give give you a perspective, uh, any listeners a perspective on what we're talking about with Kotomine. But um but he does not hide how evil he is. Um, he like you look at him. You're like this dude's. Evil. <laughs> Everyone gets those vibes but he's like his words are like I'm. What What are you talking about? I'm. I'm the the neutral mediator here, and it's like ah, I'm stabbing you in the back. No surprise. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: So to go along with this, and I like that a lot. Um. So what if this uh evil necromancer has a sort of different view on necromancy, like mm-hmm.
2: like yeah. what if she's yeah. like
1: like listen she all they're doing
2: healing people
1: like listen, they were gonna rot in the ground they were gonna their souls are gonna be out of this existence what we're literally just wasting potential here mm-hmm. is, is how
2: she views it um like be- being undead is is better. Like, you're, uh, like you're at least
1: existing in some sort of form you're if you're existing. undead
2: mm. in fact when you're undead you're practically immortal um and she's like I can have enough magic power thanks to your amulet to sustain Ooh. this entire city of undead um have everyone thrive in unlife
0: what if she thinks she's saving the world by doing yeah. this? No, definitely because, I love that because um I, I'm thinking along the lines of like entropy, and how she believes that these souls leaving is killing the planet or killing this plane or whatever. Okay. Because, right, because like, it's, it's
2: the, flooding the F, uh, the plane. The yeah, whatever you call it.
1: and even more than that, it's like you know they have untapped potential that we're not using
2: right mm-hmm. yeah so, like when like when you're the wise doctor down the street when he dies that's a loss of an amazing doctor if he was undead and he could live forever or, or even like
1: a child who died of an early uh like a disease mm-hmm. or something a sickness yeah she's like why why should they not or have a chance fair. yeah why should they not have yeah. a chance to live their life
2: yeah where is god in all this um and she's like i'm gonna take it up on myself to uh to to do that role damn that's really good there were layers, man. I could, one I could totally
0: see player like some types of players, maybe going, you know, maybe that's not a bad idea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, let me let me
1: give you an insight on me a little bit. I think that's good, <laughs> oh,
0: personally,
1: and this is the way I treat necromancy in uh, my session necromancy isn't inherently evil it's what you do with it that's evil right that can be evil right. like if you're doing it to sort of get your own undead army yeah okay that's not good but if you're doing it because you want to bring somebody back because they died early or something like that that's there's nothing inherently wrong with that uh uh and maybe some people might say oh you know the balance of good and evil but like well there's a balance of you know killing people and not killing people why should they have died because of someone else's actions right so that's personally,
2: Gabe is like hell
1: yeah. She's right.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we can like we can you can put a little spice on it too. In in that like um, she hasn't figured out how to actually perfectly resurrect someone. See,
1: that's and that would be that would help make it a little more evil and a little more a little more right. cut and dry. Where she's but like it's also right. why she
2: wants the amulet. Yeah, so so, she so, could, so, yeah.
1: so she's like experimenting on these people and these things. Right. And so, right, yeah, that's sort of a little bit more what makes her evil—not so mm. much her intentions, but the way she goes about it.
2: Right, right. Um, she's like, because she's, she's like, this is for the greater good. I need yes. to study. I need to, so I can perfect this. I can save the world.
1: And she's like, listen, this person was about to die oh. anyway. So if I just kill them and help bring them back in some way, it's 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 all good, right? <laughs> and you know, that's definitely mm. not something you should do. But that's what the way she looks at oh, it. Right.
0: That's totally my shit
2: yeah yeah slightly
0: slightly unethical science yes yeah, yes exactly
2: exactly
1: god okay i we, i'm <laughs> definitely writing all this down because this is all great stuff holy mm-hmm. shit
2: i really like that character um this is a really good really good build. like if you notice like all my, my i i never like cut and dry black and white um morality everything's gray that's uh that's my view of it. Or from a different perspective and all sorts of
0: stuff like that. So
1: Okay, so to go over this uh, uh this one shot, uh we've got the the setting or the theme being espionage, the plot hook, uh dying delivery, where uh, someone hands our heroes a sort of uh dying message. Um, um uh going off of that, uh Sean came up with the idea of it being based in different sort of spy guilds. Maybe your characters are part of a spy guild. Maybe they are the spy guild. Uh, anything sort of like that. Are um, uh, things we sort of added in. Uh, mine was a small girl that hunts giants. Sean added the concept of that. The or the concept that the bad guy is actually the good guy. And vice versa. Cat, uh,
0: yours was. Uh, Secret Necromancer. They are masquerading as a healer. Okay, so overview
1: of this story is uh dying delivery, uh, a person is killed in front of the party by a uh, codenamed small girl, um, who is a giant seven foot tall Amazon lady uh, wielding a great sword. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so right after he gives them the message, uh, she kills him. Uh, at that point, their players can either have sort of an introductory battle with her, where uh, if that does happen uh, unless one of them is straight up evil uh, uh, she will not try to kill any of them uh, just try to sort of uh, push them off and escape Uh, or if they run um, she's not going to try to chase them Uh, so small girl uh, is the quote-unquote bad guy that uh, the party is trying to find information about and that the uh, uh, delivery person was giving them someone information about. And that someone was our uh, our quote-unquote good guy that uh, Small Girl is trying to kill.
0: Uh, so Small Girl has a very ne- negative reputation built by and magnified through rumor. So therefore the party is led to believe that she is truly evil. Party coordinates who, who she's trying to assassinate, who... Ends up being the real villain and ends up doing uh, various tasks to assist them in gaining power, namely retrieving a amulet from either a sunken temple or dungeon somewhere yeah. to assist them gaining this power that they should not necessarily have.
1: Yeah, if you're doing a one shot, that would be sort of the middle action uh, where they go off, find this uh, MacGuffin. Uh, whether it be an amulet or a rod or whatever you guys want to do. Um, and obviously don't make it like, it's not like a skull on a stick where it's obviously right. evil. Um, but definitely uh, the whole, the whole idea is the necromancer uh, sort of tells them, Oh, you know, this was walked away because of its power of goodness by this evil cult or whatever. And so they go in, they fight, uh, uh, I don't know, skeletons or zombies or whatever you want to have them fight. Um uh and they get this thing and bring it back to them and there's hints of what it is and if they look more into it maybe they can find out what it is.
0: Yeah, rolling super good on a check somewhere. Or if or, um, or maybe they're
1: like a paladin or something like that where they can tell, you know, good and evil things.
0: Yeah. So this whole uh, retrieving this item uh, for this popular beloved priest that, quote, heals people, but is in truth a necromancer, feeds feeds off the life force, or really is, truly believes that they are helping the world in in their actions.
1: So, and that's kind of the idea we came up with. Uh, our version of this character, their name is Mother Cotonello. Um, so they're sort of a Mother Teresa figure on the outside. Uh, they're very loving and giving, and they uh, help the community and their their neighborhood. And th- on the surface, they're like the nicest person you've ever met in your life.
0: And then our idea for small girl is actually a huge, muscly Amazon lady uh, who wields a two handed great sword uh, that has been dubbed by others as the adjudicator. Um, and the idea of the adjudicator is actually a magic sword that gives small girl insight into someone's evil deeds. Um, so she has a huge sense of justice and right and wrong. And of course, Small girl is just code name, and we gave her the name Techmessa. Ligosalus.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, forgive us for
0: (laughs) for butchering (laughs) the
1: Greek language. I'm so sorry. Uh, We're not Greek and we don't know how to
0: speak. We're we're trying our
1: best. We're trying our best. Um, And so, yeah, so small girl sort of the op, almost, well, not the opposite, like uh, a foil to Mother Codonello, where Mother Codonello, on the outside, she's this good person, but on the inside, she really does believe what she's doing is good. At least that's that's our version that we came up with. She thinks, you know, um, all these people dying before their time is, is up or before they're able to help, you know, as much people as they can. That's like the real crime in their eyes. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to help people fulfill their potential. Except they don't go about it the right way. Killing people before they die naturally experimenting on living people, using these people for sort of nefarious means, things like that kind of make it so that, you know, even though they think they're doing it for the greater good, it's really not something you should be doing.
0: Probably not the right person to be dabbling in sorts of powers.
1: Exactly. So, um, uh, so once uh, your party either Brings the thing back, or or maybe does more research on it, figures figures out what it actually is, and maybe tries to contact Small Girl in some way. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways this can end. They can either, you know, let's say, let's go with the route that you know they don't notice anything. They go with uh, Mother Codonello They end up giving her the MacGuffin. They fight Small Girl in the end. They you know prepare. They fight Small Girl. They either uh, kill Small Girl. In which case, Mother Coronello raises Small Girl up under her power. Uh, and then uh, the party will probably have to fight that uh, sort of battle uh, right after they finished uh, fighting Small Girl, which was, once again, not an easy battle. Um, or maybe they try and spare her, and Mother Coronello tries to betray them uh, because sh- uh, she wants Small Girl under her power. Uh, and so that that's another way that fight can go. Or on the other hand, you know, maybe they try to talk Small Girl down, and Mother Cordero ends up betraying them there, or um, they uh, they try to um, just plan with a uh, Small Girl and try to take yeah. Mother uh, Cordero down. Which
0: yeah, they they could find out the the plot beforehand and uh, have to team up with Small Girl to to take down the big bad exactly. that they.
1: Um, so that's like there's plenty of different ways this can this can end out. Um, If if they end up killing Mother Codonello, uh if they've teamed up with Small Girl and then end up killing her, uh kind of like the ending of Batman, uh she could like uh, it's a Dark Knight, I think. The word uh Batman yeah. sort of takes the blame for the shit that happened.
0: Uh yeah, to kinda of keep up her reputation. Exactly. Keep, you know, keep up her reputation
1: like... and protect the the the, the group from uh, taking uh, that sort of uh, the heat for that, or if right. not, they're gonna have to like skip town or hide the evidence or something because they just killed like one of the most respected members <laughs> in, in <laughs> the community. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's the uh, the basic idea for this one shot. Uh, you can flesh that out sort of uh, a good level. I would say would be somewhere between level three and level six for this. Not super high stakes you know the whole nation's not in trouble for this but something definitely that's you know you're gonna need more than just a beginning adventure to do something like this
0: yeah especially if um the sort of whatever sunken temple dungeon you have them entering uh has has a few obstacles for them to try to
1: to get through exactly maybe if they're a little lower level you can put a more puzzle based uh, encounters in there or higher level you can have you know they have to do combat while they try to figure out a puzzle something like that and then also we came up with another npc to use if you'd like the guild leader of this espionage guild if they are part of an outside er, of a guild and they're not the ones you know making it themselves uh jess walters who is Loosely based off an already existing character, I would say.
0: Just, just a little bit, and wink, wink. Not, not. You might see where we're going with this, but (laughs) she's sort of an older lady, who's used to the spying life, but may not want to be out in the field anymore. And she's the the one that has to whip all of you in line. Exactly.
1: And she's, she's worried about, about the bottom line of the guild more, more than anything. And what, what you can bring the guild in, uh, bring in for the guild, I should say. So yeah, that's our first one. Oh shit. What's the title for this? Uh, shit. That's the, that's the other hardest
0: part. Oh, the the title of the one shot. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, I just, something popped in my head and. I mean, say it.
1: Brute Justice. Ooh, that's good! <laughs> that's Brute Justice, alright, that's the name of this one. Oh my uh, god, okay.
0: That's the name of an enemy in Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god,
1: okay, Brute Justice is what it is. Uh, yeah. So you, you go ahead and use this for your own sessions. This is a good one shot, or it can be fleshed out into kind of a larger arc if you can come up with more ideas for these characters. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Sean, uh, had to go a little bit earlier. Uh, but, uh, me and Kat are here. We can, uh, finish up the episode. Uh, let's plug, uh, some things first, right, Kat? uh
0: sure um can i plug my twitter yeah of course okay um i am at sarcastic cat uh cat spelled k-a-t-t um if you're looking for prime final fantasy 14 content that's the place to go uh it's a very good twitter to follow
1: i would suggest you do um you can follow sean at at zasney underscore ii um he retweets a lot And is very vocal on Twitter, so if you want to find an active Twitter with lots of content, he's your guy. Let's see, I'm trying to think what else. You could follow me on Twitter. I'm at Shonen413. Uh, I've been tweeting a lot. Sometimes you can hear me go on rants about Tolkien or tabletop games or just anything in general, uh, really. Um, But more importantly, you can follow this podcast on Twitter. It's at MyDungeonCast. Pretty sure, let me double check. <laughs> yes, it's my dungeon cast on Twitter. Um, you can email us at welcome to my dungeon at gmail uh, and we have a website that will be up by the time this episode goes up. It's my dungeon games. Uh, from there, you can see all of our sort of links. Uh, we'll have our our Twitters. We'll have the Twitter. We'll have uh, the RSS feed uh, will have an audio player on there so you can listen to it on the website. Uh, basically, uh, you can go to that website. That's mydungeon.games uh, and you can uh, get in contact with us, get in contact with the podcast. If you want to email us any questions for us as, as GMs or as players, uh, any suggestions, any comments, anything like that, please email us. We're always open to to feedback from you guys. Yes. That's welcome to my dungeon at gmail dot com uh we might get a vanity email address for that though, so <laughs> keep keep, keep <laughs> an ear out uh if I figure yeah. that out but uh i I think that's it right Kat?
0: yeah, I think that that'll wrap us up
1: all right I gotta come up with a tagline, but uh have... <laughs> some,
0: the,
1: the, these are these are the hardest things when it comes to podcasts I know
0: I'm titles and taglines you gotta come up with a one liner to end your your podcast on. I I had one before I think and I don't remember it shit remember dungeon responsibly
1: (laughs) don't delve too deeply
2: (laughs) without protection
1: (laughs) alright that's it I'm ending the first episode on that note thank you for listening come back next week we'll have another episode alright bye bye